Hey fam, if we're honest, reading the Bible consistently can be a challenge, but it's never too late to start, and we're in this together. Thanks for journeying with us, and here's your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining. Did you know that the church in Philippi is one of the most unique churches mentioned in the New Testament? I didn't, but as I studied, I found that the church in Philippi was founded around AD 50, and we can actually read about its founding in Acts chapter 16. But the gist is this. Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke went to Philippi, which was located in what we now view as actually modern-day Europe. In Acts 16.12, we read that it was a leading city of the district of Macedonia. It was likely the only Roman colony in that area, making Philippi pretty unique. I mean, this city was very unique. As I studied, I found that the city of Philippi wasn't actually originally called Philippi. It had this other name that started with either a K or a C, depending on who you ask, and honestly, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I do know that it literally meant springs, which made a ton of sense because the area was actually known for its freshwater springs. And the city was nearly 10 miles inland from the Aegean Sea, 10 miles away from a large body of water, so that made those springs really valuable. And again, it was in the Roman province of Macedonia, so think Roman territory, but a little farther away from most of the Romans. And in 356 BC, Philip II, king of Macedonia, the larger territory within which Philippi sat, this king, who happened to actually be Alexander the Great's dad, renamed the town after himself and enlarged it. So think Philip II and Philippi. If you ask me, there's got to be some ego mixed into that decision because it made a lot more sense for the city to be named after the springs. But the pride in this city only got bigger because in 42 BC, some Roman rulers defeated these guys named Brutus and Cassius in a battle that took place pretty close to Philippi. And this battle, it was actually a very big deal because Brutus and Cassius were the guys who led the assassination of Julius Caesar. So if you've read Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, you're probably familiar with Brutus and Cassius. But if not, think about it as if somebody took down Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. It was kind of like the Roman rulers who ruled Philippi took down the greatest of all time. They took down Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And after those guys went down, Philippi became this major military colony. And more battles followed in 42 and 31 BC, which eventually resulted in Philippi receiving even higher status. So Think of the pride people take in their universities, where they want their kids to go when they grow up. They want their kids to go to their alma mater, and they dress them in the school's colors starting when they're like an infant. People took pride in Philippi. You'd wish you lived there. But unlike the bias we have with our universities, Philippi was actually one of the best places to live. Even though they were a Roman colony, one commentator said, The citizens enjoyed autonomous government, immunity from taxes, and treatment as if they lived in Italy, even though they were a Roman colony. So when it comes to the church in Philippi, remember Acts 16. We read that it was a leading city of the district of Macedonia. That's from the Bible. Acts 16. People took pride in the city, and much like the city's economic status— The church seemed to have thrived as well. In fact, this is one of Paul's only letters where we don't see any admonishment. It's primarily a letter of encouragement filled with some precautionary warnings. But the Philippians, they don't seem to be out of line in any major way. Honestly, 
it seems like Paul was really writing to his friends. Paul's letter, it was delivered to the Philippians by a guy named Epaphroditus. And if you're anything like me, you probably don't know much about this guy. When I was growing up, I went to summer camp. And at camp, I met a lot of kids with names like Matthew, Timothy, Mary, and Rebecca. But I am very confident I never met a kid who was named Epaphroditus. And when I was at camp, we always looked forward to mail time. That was every kid's favorite time of the day because we'd get care packages from our family with notes or snacks or maybe even a few little toys. We couldn't wait for the mail to be delivered to our cabin. And you need to think about Epaphroditus as the guy who brought the mail. In the context of the book of Philippians, the Philippian church had heard of Paul's situation. At the time he was writing this letter, he was under house arrest. And the Philippians, they wanted to send him a care package of sorts. Epaphroditus is the guy who brought the supplies or the care package, as Got Questions calls it, to Paul. Apparently, Epaphroditus, he got sick while he was with Paul in Rome delivering the care package, but he recovered by the grace of God and was able to return home to Philippi with the letter to the church from Paul. And that letter is the one we are about to start reading, Philippians. And as we read, we'll be reminded that Christ is our life, that's chapter one, he's our example, chapter two, prize, that's three, and sufficiency, chapter four. There's a stark contrast between Paul's circumstances under house arrest and the Philippians' circumstances in their amazing city. But as Paul writes, we're able to see that because of Christ, we can rejoice regardless of our circumstances. Hey, familia. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. But did you know Join the Journey isn't just a podcast? It's also a Bible reading plan with daily devos and more. Check it out by visiting jointhejourney.com.